Don. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. Busy day, but very good. How are you? Yeah, very good too. Busy day as well, and uh, nice to see a bit of sunshine. And um, yeah, yeah. Well, now let's uh, let's crack onto it. Now uh, uh, the Wells Fargo Championship. Um, wasn't it nice to see Rory back in the blocks again? It really was. He was was excellent after a scratchy start to the week, wasn't he? He's one of those that you look after the fact and kick yourself for not backing him, given his history at the place um, and the price he was at um, before he went off. Um, but yeah, I'm happy for Rory. I think golf's a better place when he's winning. Yeah, I, I think anyone can be forgiven. There's not a lot of people that stuck their hands up. Uh, some weeks, a lot of people go, oh yeah, picked him, picked him. Not a lot of people were sticking their hands up this week claiming to have picked Rory because he was in such abject form. So I, I think you, you can't kick yourself too hard for not uh, picking Rory. I, I certainly didn't because you just, you know, you would have spunk so much cash on that guy over the last year or so if, you you know, uh, he's been in such dire form. So that break he obviously had away from the game and that little just a mini break of obviously a few weeks and then uh, having a little bit of time with um, Brad Fix and then Pete Cowan and a little bit of a refresh and and obviously you know these guys are so good uh, some small kind of they find some small kind of semblance of um, of an idea and start working on it with some good coaches that like they have and 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 they and they come back to a course that they like and and bang their back and form. But you know, even on the even through that week, though, um, he he wasn't driving it especially well. He was driving when he was driving it straight. He was driving it for miles. But there were times as well where he was in a fair amount of tree trouble as well. But what was so impressive for me, which was the biggest thing I've seen, I've never seen this hit with Roy before. He just stepped up to his putts and hit them. He wasn't messing around and he wasn't practice stroking he was really literally just finding the line stepping up and stroking it and he looked for the first time in years really assured with the putter yeah for sure I mean he he put it it wasn't even anything spectacular was it but he put it well enough and like you said Rory when his game clicks he just needs to to have an average week with a putter and I think he was just about average this week but I did agree when he was on the greens he was taking much less time um Maybe that's a result of some of the work that he's done with with Brad Faxon. I don't know. Um, yeah. Really interesting looking at his stats for the week that he mentioned it in an interview after, I think it was after his Friday round, um, in that he was gaining lots of strokes and he basically he'd only hit about three fairways all day um, and his percentage was like 20%. So he's hitting one in five fairways, but it just didn't seem to matter. Um, he got out of trouble when he needed to. And what really impressed me about Rory, I think, is what we haven't seen from him in his, his late series of sort of abject performances was his distance control with wedges. So when Rory's not in form, he just can't seem to hit his numbers with wedges. Yeah. Um, but on, especially over the weekend, when he wasn't absolutely nailing them, they were whole high virtually every single time. Yeah. Um, which I thought was remarkably impressive. Um, so yeah, he, when, he, when Rory's got his distances in with the short irons, um, you know, he's going to be in business. Yeah, that you're 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 exactly right, Matt. Um, he he has been so poor with his irons, uh, which is so unusual for Rory because that's always been one of the best parts of his game. And uh, and he he has just been so awful. Uh, and uh, whatever he's been working on, that you know, in these last two or three weeks with Pete Cowan, obviously finding just one or two small things, he's found his range again with his irons and. And now you know, you know, if that man finds his range with the Lions, he's he's dangerous. So yeah. I was really interested to see uh, this today um, that um, this Kiwa Island is 
7,800 yards. It is an absolute monster. So, it's definitely a golf course, isn't it? Um, so I, I, I personally think that's going to negate about half the field. Now, um, with Rory and uh, the f- form he's in, uh, with obviously Kyle Hollow, he loves Kyle Hollow. That's the third time he's won there. He's he's an absolute. It's obviously made for him. Um, what uh, would you, how would you feel about backing Rory just as a, a, a just as a sort of like a a, a question uh, based on the fact of this absolute beast of a course at seven thousand eight hundred yards, the fact that he's won there before, and the fact that he's all of a sudden found himself in form. Would you uh, just a straw poll? Would you put your money with him? I'll be honest. I'd I'd be hard stretched to find someone else who sh- someone else who should be favourite. Um, whether I'm going to back him at elevens, I'm not one hundred percent sure. But I think he's rightfully back in at the top of the market because I think once Rory clicks, often he's capable of going in a couple of times. We saw that in his early career when he was on. He sort of he he was rampaging through fields. Um, and I think just the length, like you say, you're absolutely right. It it discounts for me about half the field. You look at the Wells Fargo leaderboard and that was, what, seven, 600? So yeah. 200 short of what QR will be. And yeah. bar Abe answer, the top of that board reads driving distance. McElroy, yeah. Hovland, Mitchell, Woodland, even yeah. players like Luke List um, yeah. and Aaron Wise, they're not elite players, but they hit it an awful long way. Um, yeah. And then obviously you've got Bryson in the top 10 as well. So yeah, for me at QR, I'd have Rory as favourite. Definitely, Bryson's not going to be far away um, from my calculations just because he's got that enormous advantage off the tee and actually yeah. he's been like a demon at the minute too. But yeah, I, I wouldn't put anyone off Rory at the minute as it stands. Yeah. Okay, so let's just go through um, the, the Wells Fargo Championship last week uh, and the winner um, was 10 under par um, at Quiet Hollow was um, Rory McIlroy. What a lovely course it is too, Matt. What a beautiful course it is to look at, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really nice course. I enjoy it. I think yeah. I'd like it if it was a tad shorter, just to, to bring a little bit more into it, but yeah, it's a lovely course. Yeah, it's a gorgeous course. Um, Abraham Anser um, finished up one straight back on nine under with a final round 66. Very well done by him, considering, as you say, that he was a kind of an outlier in this sort of field of, of long drivers, really. Um, uh, Victor Hovland, gee, he's been impressive lately. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with this guy. Um, he finished with a final round eight under uh, uh, and a final round 67 to be tied third with Keith Mitchell, who I actually thought lost no castle in defeat um, to Roy McElroy. I think it, it, it kind of looked in early doors like he was, uh, you know, he started well, started brightly with a birdie, and then he kind of started uh, plateauing a bit, and then he started sh- um, losing shots. And you kind of thought that he was going to implode there for a while, but he mm-hmm. didn't. Um, fair play to the guy. He um, he kept str- he kept it uh, kept up his effort, kept it strong, and actually finished in a, in a good tie for third on eight under. Gary Woodland kind of was the guy that actually went backwards on the day um, and uh, finished with a um, past 71, um, seven under on the day. Uh, and then Matt Wallace, who was one of my picks, I'm very happy um, to have picked Matt Wallace at 80 to one. He comes in at um, tied sixth uh, with Patrick Reed and Luke List. Um, to round out the top nine, uh, oh, sorry, the top 10, sorry, 
Um, Bryson DeChambeau, what a story of him for the week. Uh, was, you know, as I say, back to Dallas and then and then back to um, to Charlotte to uh, to finish his um, third round because he thought he missed the cut. Had to fly back and then shot a 68 on the Saturday and a 68 on the Sunday. Both times getting undone on the final hole, that par five with the creek running up the front or up the middle. Yeah. Um, if he if he kept it together, um, he would be comf- probably top five easy. So he, um, you know, he. he I think he played remarkably well uh, and, and finished uh, four under for the tournament, tied ninth with Aaron Wise. Once again, he's a t- trending up in form, Aaron Wise. He's a name to watch, this guy. Uh, he's someone to keep an eye on, I think. Um, and uh, so he finished tied for fourth at DeChambeau. So all in all, um, uh, yeah, an interesting week. Um, my picks, uh, um, I actually thought I was in for a, a very good week. Uh, with Matt Wallace leading the tournament on Saturday, uh, mm-hmm. or sorry, Saturday morning, he tumbled very fast out of it. But um, but actually, I'm very impressed with the way he fought back and uh, and managed to you know say keep it together for a um, for a tied six finish. Um, Bryce um, Bubba Watson, I had him, he was up in the he was right up in the driver's seat, um, right up near the top as well. And then he had an absolute horror show on the uh, on the 17th and uh, and finished um, tied 18th. Uh, and um, uh, my other um, Cameron Davis, who actually also pr- featured well and was 125 to one, and I thought was going to sneak a place, um, ended up uh, imploding a little bit on the final day with a um, with a 74. So um, I yeah, I, but as I say, I was happy enough with my um, with my placing. It certainly paid for my for my weekend anyway. What about you, Matt? For sure. And firstly, I do you an enormous disservice. I didn't say at the top of the show, congratulations on Wallace. I think a place at 80s is no mean feat. Um, and for a lot time longer than that, he looked like he was in business, like you yeah. said. Yeah, well, I thought so, he was going to win it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what you were saying on the on the pod last week, actually, it came to light, didn't it? He was really solid all around and he just showing that he's actually really at home on this tour. And we've had a couple of chats about him down the weeks, haven't we? And I think he is ready to to make that make that move and cross the line on the PGA Tour. So he's definitely one I'm going to keep an eye on, especially as he seems to perform really quite well in in quite decent fields too. So it might be one to have a look at for, for the majors and for, for the bigger championships because it doesn't seem to phase him at all. No, um, no I, I, I don't about, think he's far away at all. No. Yeah. Um, a quick word on Bryson before I get on to my shambolic picks. Um, is it too cynical to think that Bryson's event that went on um, over the cut on Friday and Saturday was too close in proximity to this 40 million that's getting put out for um, <laughs> positive Twitter interactions and profile on online media. I think it might have been intentional, um, but there you go. I'm not sure how a professional golfer can do what Bryson did if it wasn't a little bit of a, let's set this up and get some likes, but that's just me. Maybe I'm too cynical. I think Bryson's very clever. I think a lot of the things he does is quite calculated. If they seem like a, a daft video on social media. There's always a reason behind it. So, I never thought I, I never know. thought of it like that. Um, I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm just a naive Kiwi, I suppose. I, <laughs> I never um, I, I just never it never even crossed my mind that it could be for social media traffic. But actually, now that you say it, I think you you could be onto something there. Yeah. I mean, I say that mainly because I was watching the cut line quite intently because my picks were, were the wrong side of it mainly. Um, and I'm not sure that the number that he was at was ever really in danger of missing the cut. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt, perhaps. he got to work out it. Anyhow, he? <laughs> yeah. um, to my picks, I mean, I think this is called a rut. Um, I'm not enjoying it at the minute. Apart from a couple of Chris Kirk places, it's been 
very sporadic last couple of weeks. It's the last time I'll back Patrick Cantlay for a long time, I tell you that much. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, he's he's yeah. been in some awful form lately, hasn't he? Yeah, it was simply a price-based player, and I guess I wanted him to to kind of do what Rory did and just click at the right time. And of course, that suited him for me. Um, yeah, he just was wasn't good <laughs> at all. Um, I was following him quite closely. He was on the featured groups, and he just kept playing inconsistent golf, putting it in bad spots, not getting up and down, which is quite unlike him. Um, Tony Finau the same, just making big numbers, um, and they both missed the cut by a shot, I think, um, which is. I mean, probably um, give me a stay of execution, didn't it? So, or didn't give me a stay of execution. Justin Thomas, again, kept making runs and then making a big number. And as much as I um, disparaged him on my Twitter, Lanto Griffin actually made the cut and looked in parts like he might make a run at the places. But to be honest, just made too many mistakes. So abject is the word I'd use to describe my picks last week. And something needs to happen for me soon. Otherwise... <laughs> I'll win. I'll win a lot more um, than I do currently, but I'm hopeful. Well, this well you've had you, you've had a pretty good run up until now. I mean, you've had some. You've had a nice string of uh, winners there. So you know the, these things they do tend to go in peaks and troughs. So uh, like, like the golfers we're following, you know, sometimes our our form does tend to rise and fall as well. So I um, mean, you know, don't don't beat yourself up too hard. The other guy was actually I said on my list. Um, it was um uh, uh, was Xander Schauffele. Is is a bit like um. Cantley as well. He's in a bit of a trough of form at the moment. He, he he looks like he's going to go well every time, and then he just falls over. And uh, so, you know, the guy that I actually had that gave me the um gave me the willies for a while was Gary Woodland because we laughed about them last week, saying because I picked them, <laughs> yeah. you know, I picked them the last the week before at something like I don't know was he sixties. I picked them at and he went straight out the back door. Uh, he was uh, he, he was he was all over the shop on the Thursday, and and you barely have made even made it till friday he was playing so bad and and so you know i thought uh, uh you know we laughed the week before saying oh well, i'll never you know won't go near hear him again again and then gee he he reversed it in a big in a big fashion last week he played fantastic really yeah, it was only really the uh really the sunday really only let him down so um you know he's another guy to watch as well because uh for in terms of majors because if he's got he said he'd found something in his game he was there was a one of the commentators um the the american commentators who i find to be absolutely brilliant because they they give you some really great insights into what's happening um, in the golfers and, and the conversations they're having. And, and you pick up some really interesting tidbits. And, and he'd said to one of them that he'd found something in this game about um, keeping still and, and, uh, and he was much, much happier in his, in his game all around. Well, obviously because he just played out of his skin and, and he's someone to watch at somewhere like Kiwa Island as well, because he hits it a mile, he hits it straight and uh, he could offer some value as well. You know, for sure. Um, so, uh, yes, well done to Rory. I think we'll just, um, as I say, park that as a uh, as, as a major kind of um, uh, and a tick back to life. And and life is, um, as I say, life is good for Rory again. And uh, and let's see, um, as I say, what's coming up. Now he's obviously taken the week off this week, and we head uh, to the Byron Nelson Classic. Now this is a really interesting tournament. Um, and the reason why the bar of the AT&T Byron Nelson is interesting this year is because it's changed venues. So this is at TPC Craig Ranch. Now I'm interested to see, or I'm not interested. I'm not looking forward to listening to the Americans butcher the word Craig every single time <laughs> they say it, because you know how Americans say Craig, they say Craig. 
Um, yeah. So, um, you know, it's it'll be TPC Craig Ranch. So um, uh, that just, as a Craig myself, that just drives me out of my, <laughs> out of my mind. So, um, so anyway, uh, the uh, it, it, what's interesting about this is that it's going to be, um, you know, the new course that the PGA Tour hasn't played before, but it has been played on the Corn Ferry Tour, and actually, it's hosted the two. It's hosted two tour championships for the corn ferry tour in 2008 and 2012 um this is a tom weiskopf designed course in texas um tpc craig ranch in texas uh tom weiskopf designed 7400 yards or so par 72 uh so it's gettable it's not overly long uh, and and the what i from what i can he, um, read about it. It's um, it, it, it sort of meanders its way through a kind of a valley with a with a creek kind of running right through the golf course and intersecting through various holes. Uh, and it's got it's kind of like typical Tom Weiskopf design: small greens, undulating, and very much about um, precision, accuracy, and ball striking. Um, mm. What do you know about it so far, Matt? Not a great deal. I, I, I always I had mixed feelings when we moved to a new course because I like seeing new courses. I like seeing how the players take to them. But yeah. it puts a bit of a line through my, my course form and looking at history and it kind of affects the stats modelling and being able to work out actually what, what stats makeup has worked here in the past. You go to somewhere like Wells Fargo and you know what works there. Um, when it's a new course, it's much harder to tie down. And like you say, it's held a couple of Corn Ferry or Web.com at the time, wasn't it? Championships. It's yeah. also hosted Q School a couple of times. Um, yeah. And Jordan Spieth and Kepka both failed to progress the last time um, that Q School was held here. So I thought that was vaguely interesting. So I had to flick through some of the old leaderboards. But I mean, these are, these are leaderboards that are what? 10 years old at best um if not more if you look to the corn ferries so i think it's a, a pinch of salt but what we do know i think is that it's going to be a bit of a birdie fest and quite a low scoring event um both the corn ferry um championships there i think they were minus uh, 16 and 17 under so i think with the the slightly raised class of players playing i think we're looking at 20 plus um as a winning score so yeah, I think birdie averages and things like that I've looked at quite closely. Um, and like you say, it's not going to be a bomber's paradise like last week. It's going to be a precision course, someone who can get the ball in play and make some putts. So I'm interested. I think Texas is a bit of a little microcosm of golf, isn't it? So I don't mind Texas natives and and, and people who play well in Texas generally um, around here because I think they're much... It's a very different style of golf, I think, than, than most of the places in the US. Um, so I've looked a little bit further into that. Um, but it's always a little bit of a suck it and see, isn't it? You've got to have a go at it. And then I think we'll learn a lot about it this week. Yeah, I think you're right. And I wondered what it was going, you know, what it does to your kind of modeling um, when we don't, you know, we go to a course that we've never, you know, the PGA Tour have never played before. It, it, you know, as you say, it kind of throws, I would say, you know, a good percentage of your, of your kind of, uh, modeling out the out the window so um so you're in and as you say you're into a little bit of um well who plays well in texas who plays well in kind of uh and maybe short sort of um well more te more technical tracks we'll call them and, and mm -hmm. small greens and, and that sort of thing it's also got zoysia fairways and and bent grass greens so it's a little bit different in terms of um underfoot for it they don't play in a lot of always a fair way. So it's um it, it's gonna be uh, as I say, it's a fairly interesting it's a park land course, there's a fair bit, a fair bit of tree um, you know, sort of trees um, around. So you know, if you if you do spray it a little you a little bit, you'll be you'll be in trouble. 
What I found really interesting as well about this was the field, Matt. I think the field's really interesting because while mm -hmm. it, it uh, now that Dustin Johnson's um, once again pulled out, um, what the field for me feels spread eagled. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels strong at the top and then drops away very quickly to a kind of a, a, a weak. Uh, field in some respects it's um you know uh so you now let's look at the top of the market here so you've got bryson dechambeau who comes back um off of what was a all things said um a pretty strong week last week um it, what always amazes me about bryson is he's he puts well i really really think that guy puts well and uh and if he gets the ball anywhere in the position on the green um he he seldom messes it up on the green. So you know, you've got him at the top of the market, eight to one. John Rahm, who 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 kind of had a bit of a disaster last week. I don't know really what happened to John Rahm last week. Um, but he so he comes back um this week at eight to one. Um uh, Jordan Spieth, oh these are all um priced as of Star Sports. Um Jordan Spieth six and eight um has been playing great. Haven't seen him a lot recently. He's obviously had a little bit of a mini break, but he comes off the back of a win at, at Texas and the Valero Texas Open. So he's he's found his game again. We all know that. Um, so he's looking, you know, strong and, and, and likes Texas and this course should suit him. And then you've got the ultra-consistent Daniel Berger at 16-1, to 1, Scotty Scheffler, Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama at 20-1, to 1, coming back of his first time off the Masters. Uh and the, running up sort of the top form horses, Matt Fitzpatrick, Brooks Kepka, and Will Zalatoris. After that, uh, it, it, as I say, it gets it's it's interesting because you've got guys like Sam Burns, who obviously won his first tour event recently, um, and then and then as I say, it's a, it, it's any man's. There's all there's all sorts of golfers there that it's so the, the top of the field that the depth I guess is um is, is pretty is only really across probably eight maybe eight to ten players. I found, I found this hard to kind of map out, Matt. I don't know how you found it to be. Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, the, the top three in the market, especially Ram, Deschambault and Spieth, you could back them, couldn't you? But I think at the prices, there's enough question marks about all. Ram had a very dodgy start to his week at Wells Fargo and that kind of put paid to his, his campaign. He was three over early. Um, Deschambault, I thought, played really well, put it like an absolute demon, but his irons were horrendous. It yeah. was his irons were really letting him down. And I think irons were less important last week than they are this week. Um, so I think, I mean, irons, iron Blake can click, can't it? And the way he drives it and uh, puts, it can be anyone's. But at sevens, eights, I, I'm not having him at that, despite it being a very, very top-heavy field. Um, and about Spieth, so I was reading an interview with Spieth. He said he actually caught COVID a couple of weeks back. Um, he intended to play in Tampa. Oh, oh I didn't um, know that. He was meant to play the Valspar, and he said that obviously he didn't confirm entrance because I think it was slightly before then. Um, and he just said that he felt a little bit rusty since he's had COVID. And I was thinking back to it's about this time last year, if not a bit after, when it was the restart. And often players, when they'd had COVID, they took a couple of weeks to to get their game back, even if they were fairly elite players. So that would be enough to put me off at anywhere close to single figures. Um, that said, we know what form Spieth was in before the Masters, um, like he. He's that good that he absolutely could compete, um, but there's enough question marks at that sort of price. What I think about this week um, is just backing Zalatoris and Scheffler and leaving it at that. But I've had a busy one, and Scheffler's been put up by every man and his dog, um, as far as I can tell, um, and he's been cut into a nothing of a price, really. Um, he's a very similar price to Bergen, out sort of 18 to 1. 
as much as he's a chef, he's a Texas native, and I think he'll go really well here. I can't quite swallow that number. So if he wins, I'll feel a bit silly, but I'm just not backing it at that price. Um, I find really interesting the drop off in price because, like you say, it's Will Zalatoris really in terms of the really elite golfers. And then you go to Leishman. Maybe I do Burns a disservice after his recent exploits, um, but mm. it's very much a fall off a cliff at that point. Yeah, and I think some of the pricing is fascinating at that point because you mm. go very quickly from 40s to 66s and on to 100s. Mm. And really, I don't really want any part of anyone, many in that range at all. Um, people like Luke List is a criminal price for me. He had a good performance last week, but that was at a cost that suited him. And he's 66 to 1. He's as short as 40s in a place. I think it's a fascinating price. Um, one that did jump out at me. I'll talk about this a little bit more and when I get to my bets. I'm not actually going to back him, but it was Lee Westwood because... This is a man who finished second two weeks in a row to, to Spieth and to mm. Bryson a while back at API. Um, mm. And he's now 70 to 1, the same price longer than Luke List, Keith Mitchell and Charles Howell. I thought <laughs> that was just, it didn't really make sense. It doesn't mean I'm going to back him. I don't think he'll win, but it, it's very odd, the, the board here. And I think this is the effect of bookies trying to cover themselves on those elite golfers. And then they're not quite sure what to do with the rest of the field. Yeah, I think you're right, Matt. I, I looked at this. I've looked at this all day. This field, I've I've, I've gone through, uh, you know, uh, you know, it, it, past performances, and not obviously on the course, but just where players are at the moment, and uh, and their kind of their form and what have you. I'm I, I'm I'm with you. There, it feels like if you find him, there could be a massive opportunity here. Um, after, as you said, after Zaltoris, it, it, it drops, it drops, or it climbs very quickly uh, up into you know sixties, um, hundreds, what have you. Now, some of those guys in hundreds we know just won't win, but but there are some there are some numbers here. I, I'm 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 like you, I, I I can't take some of these guys uh, at the prices they're at. Bryson DeChambeau and John Moran be be there probably, um, and and Jordan Spieth here possibly, but I can't. I'm not. I can't take those sort of eight to one, ten to one. I just won't. I won't do it. So uh, I, I, I'm I'm going to go and and, and I'm I'm going to yes. You know, so I'm hunting the other bit of value. I've tried to hunt the other bit of value as best I can. I have one short price guy, and then I have you know three three or four long long shot. Well, three long shots and one real long shot. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I th- I think that the I I think that everyone is kind of looking at each other. Um, bookies included, they're looking at each other on this and thinking, I don't know. Um, so so because we no one's played this course before, um, they don't know what it's like uh, in terms of PGA Tour. We know it's going to be a bit of a birdie fest based on the um, the Corn Ferry or um, Web.com Tour um, scores here in the past of 16 and 17 under. So you would think we would probably be in the 20s. Um, with the PGA mm-hmm. Tour field, so um, and as you say, I, I'm I, Luke List at sixty to one. I could, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't touch him. Um, uh, you know, um, Keith Mitchell, sixty to one. Look, he's a he, I, golfer. There's no doubt about that. But but this course, I think, is going to be very different to to um, uh, to last week. You can't just bludgeon this course. I think this is going to be much more technical. And one thing I saw with Keith Mitchell and the pressure went on him last week was he got a little bit. Jabby and proddy with the um with the chipping and putting. So mm-hmm. um you know one thing that one thing I read about this course was um uh, guys who putted well here to tended to dominate. So I'm looking for good putters. So 
Okay, well, I mean, without further ado, let's um, let's move on to uh, who we like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to you first, Matt. Who who do you like this week? Sure. So I have a very mixed card this week, very similar to yourself. Um, and I make no apologies for returning to my best friend in golf betting, Will Zalatoris, this week. Um, I toyed with this and I wasn't sure whether to go with him, but I was reading again lots of interviews and things. And he said he's been playing this course since he was 12 years old. Um, and he's very familiar with the setup. Um, he's comfortable playing here, and I think his game works out really nicely. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about that. Could be some, that could be some fantastic info inside information there, Matt, that he's been playing this golf course since he was 12 years old. Allegedly, yeah. Um, it was um, Dave Tindall on Twitter um, posted some uh, a quote from a, some of his interviews earlier in the week, and they said him, along with uh, Scotty Scheffler, have been playing this course for an awful long time and are very, very wow. familiar with it. So. Wow. Some just an added plus point um, onto both of those boys who have um, enough enough positives about them anyway. I think, um, and as a Texas boy, um, I'm more than happy to to side with Zalatoris. I think it'd be a lovely place for him to to break through on tour and finally become a tour member, maybe um, after his um, exploits. And he hasn't been rewarded with that yet. Um, so yeah, I could. I've talked about Zalatoris and his ball striking. Um, he's excellent off the tee, despite him sometimes flattering to deceive. He's actually a really strong putter. Um, not sort of in the elites on tour, but well enough in order to score um, high enough. And um, he's played a lot on the Corn Ferry and done well there in some quite frequently low-scoring events. And I just think 28 to 1 is value in this field. Um, I said to you the week before the Masters, I would have him about 25, 30 to 1 for the Masters in a much, much stronger field. And now he's a similar price um, to players. I think he's almost their equal in terms of um, his talent level, and I just think he's the one before the drop-off where at 28, there's enough juice in that price for me to get involved. So first off the uh, off the rank is Will Zalatoris this week. Okay. Number two is a golfer who I think is a first for me to back him, and it's Brant Snedeker. Um, now, Brant Snedeker has shown whisperings of recent form. Um, his recent form reads 11-4-42-6, um, and that six actually came in the Texas Open, um, the one that um, Spieth won at Valero. So he's used to low scoring. Um, and I think it's going to be, as I say, a 20 under number. Um, and he is Mr. 59, isn't he? He's scores at Wyndham and places like that, where Green's in regulation and put in a key, um, speak for themselves. So he's not scared of going low. Um, and this is bent grass greens. And he actually leads the tour, um, tour wide in, in bent grass putting. So he's not scared of making birdies. Um, he's, he's ready for a low score. And I think 70 to one with his recent form, could look quite short. Um, so I really quite like Snedeker. I think he's probably my favourite bet of the week, um, despite me having a slightly bigger point stake on Zalatoris. Okay. My third rank this week is, I'm going back to a couple of long ones. Um, the first is Patton Kazaya. I took a risk on Patton Kazaya at Harbour Town, I think, and it didn't really pay off. He actually played really well at Wells Fargo for a couple of days. Um, he was very high on the leaderboard early on and, and faded um, a little bit after. But, he can get hot with the putter. He's 15th in this field in strokes gained putting. He's been trending with his irons. He doesn't trend every week and get better every week. There are kind of weeks where he doesn't hit them great, but generally his irons are improving um, and he ranks really high in birdie average as well. Um, he's also both of his wins. So Kazaya has won and the second places in those wins have been Fowler and Hahn in places, both of which play really well here. So there's a bit of crossover there. He also played well in the Texas Open, came ninth there. And at 150 to one, um, I really quite like that price on Kazaya. Um, and the second 
second 151 shot I'm going with this week is Camilo Villegas or Villegas. Um, I've definitely got that pronunciation wrong. Um, another person who played well at the Valero and for 151 shot, he's actually been playing really, really well. So his last four starts read 11th, 25th, 17th and 8th, which pretty strong and when he gets the putter going he really does he's 13th on tour um in strokes gained putting he's been hitting his irons well and he hits lots of greens as well so i just thought those two have the potential to go low now they may not and they may blow up and miss the cut but i think if they do click they've got genuine chances to win this event um and then i've got one more for you and i actually posted my picks on twitter and i'm going to retract a pick and i don't think i've ever done that before but i've done a bit more reading since um and I just fancy a change. So my final pick is going to be Sebastian Munoz, um, who I know you're a fan of. You talked a bit about mm. him before. Yeah, um, I like him. Yeah. And he's 100 to 1, which is kind of like a like I did to, with Westwood. I took a mini double take because with the strength of this field, I can't have him at 100 to 1. He's excellent in Texas. Um, I was reading on some really specific stats on some Twitter accounts around strokes gain total, but in Texas, and he's 10th on tour. Um, if you look at that, he went to University of North Texas. Um, so he's returning to a place in the world where he's really comfortable. He actually came 10th in this event when it was at Trinity Forest. So that suggests a, a degree of of comfort playing in Texas. Um, and we know what he's like. He can make runs of birdies. I've been a fan of backing him first round leader quite often because of that propensity to really get it rolling. And when he does, um, he can haul him like no one's business. Um, he's, uh, I think... Can't read my own writing. I think it's 22nd strokes gained putting, um, and he's really high on the birdie average lists as well. So I think Munoz at 100 to 1 is actually a great price. Now, I've not immediately finished because I have one more bet, and I'm not fully decided whether I'm going to go for an outright with this bet or actually just go for top 20. Um, so the person I'm going to bet on this week is Pearson Coody. So he's an amateur. He played in the Walker Cup at the weekend. Um, I watched him win a singles match and I was quite impressed with him. He's actually number two um, in the world currently. He previously was number one. Um, he's a Longhorn, so he goes to the University of Texas at the moment. Um, I'd imagine that's why he's got the sponsor's exemption here. Um, and he won the Western Am um, earlier in the year, sorry, in 2020, which is, as you know, it's like the second, thought as the second most elite amateur competition after the US Am. So that just speaks to his his stock really and how good I think he could be um, and it's kind of like a conversation I had with people on Twitter about Morikawa when he first came out on tour he was 300 to 1 400 to 1 in his first start and that's exactly the range where Pearson Coody is um, he's 300 to 1 generally so I may have a couple of pennies on an outright um, with a top eight but I'm going to definitely look at his top 10 um, and top 20 prices because I think he's absolutely got the talent to far outplay those odds yes it might be a bridge too far at this point in his career because i believe he's still at university but playing in the walker cup he's had a bit of exposure and it'd be nice to say you've got a place from an amateur in one of these events wouldn't it so pearson coody i'm going to look very closely at 300 to one outright or some side market bets okay thank you matt um i'm going to start off by actually saying we share it we share a bit here uh and that is sebastian munoz i actually have him as well so um you and i together um which happens occasionally uh and uh, this week we're, we 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 share the same thinking on sebastian munoz i i thought 
uh, you know, a hundred to one feels way too much for for me uh, for a guy of this quality. He's, uh, as I say, his, his performances have been solid this year, while without without being spectacular. Uh, and uh, but you know, I I I I think he's just a better golfer than a hundred to one in this in this compare what I would call comparatively weak field. So uh, you know, if if you move the if we remove the top sort of ten golfers, I think um, he's 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 in with a shout of 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 of, of being right there. So, yep, um, I'm Sebastian Munoz, hundred to one. Um, uh, first of all, with you, uh, uh, let me just. Uh, I'll just see if he's uh, Sebastian Munoz. Yeah, 100 to 1. Yep, there he is. Uh, my next uh, uh, guy is, um, I'm going, so I'm going to go short now um, because the, the, this course um, is apparently, as I say, rewards good ball striking and, and, and good putters. Uh, and for me, uh, the guy that showed me ball striking and putting and, 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 and is right in his wheelhouse is Daniel Berger. And he's, been, he's always a favourite of mine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Daniel Berger for the win. Um, uh, at um, uh, Star Sports at the moment, he's at uh, what are we at? Sorry, beg your pardon. He's at sixteen to one. So um, Daniel Berger at sixteen to one, I, I'm going to take because I, I I just rate the guy's game, uh, and uh, and he's had a bit of a breakaway, and um, I think you know he could be fresh, and uh, you know if you if you're having to rely on the guy to to putt well. Um, Daniel Berger is, is is definitely someone you can, can rely on to partnership well, uh, and he and he likes a technical track. So and th- this is by all regards a bit of a technical track. Um, Carlos Ortiz is my next guy. Sixty sixty one with Star Sports. He was playing really well uh, last weekend. Uh, he was up. Uh, he was challenging for the lead uh, on, um, on on Saturday, uh, and then he just kind of fell to pieces a little bit on Saturday afternoon and, and continued falling apart on Sunday. I'm not going to be too hard on him on that. This that 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 um Quail Hollow is a really, really tough track. And I think Carlos Ortiz is way overpriced at sixty six to one. Uh, I, I think he's a far better golfer than 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 all the, a lot of the other golfers around him at that kind of price. So uh, I, I think Carlos Ortiz for me is 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 great value at sixty six to one, and he's my next um, bet. And my last bet in this field is my old friend Tom Hoagie, who is one hundred and twenty one hundred and fifty to one. Uh, sorry, one hundred and fifty to one with Star Sports. I'm gonna. It's with the same sort of thing that I, I rate Tom Hoagie the same way I rated Sam Burns. He's got mm-hmm. talent and he's going to win. You've just got to wait and see and wait and wait. Now, what a mistake I made with Sam Burns was I got off him because I got sick of him throwing away leads. I, it just drove me out, out of my mind. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna just. Keep the faith with Tom Hoagie because I think um, he's a good ball striker. He's been up and around the field, and 150 to one for me is crazy money. Uh, well, not crazy money because he doesn't deserve to be. Uh, I, I, he doesn't deserve to, you know, be terribly much shorter. But I just think he, we, I could, we can really find some value here with Tom Hoagie at 150 to one. So uh, he's a good each way punt, I, I believe. And my last real loosener. 
um, and it is a real loosener, is a countryman of mine called Tim Wilkinson. Um, he's 400 to 1. Now, I'm going to do him as a top 20 bet because um, I, I don't think he's you know, going to win. But I think, you, um, but I think a, a top 20 bet, um, I don't know what he is for a top 20. I'm sorry, but I'm, uh, I would have to I'm looking at them now. He's 11 to 1 for a top 20. Okay, so he's 11 to 1 for a top 20. I, I, I think Tim Wilkinson is a very... Solid journeyman. He's a good player. He plays his technical tracks well. He's, um, he, you know, he's he's not going to upset the world on fire. But for top twenty, I'm gonna I'm gonna lump him in at, at eleven to one. So, um, yeah. So those are those are my bets. Uh, as I say, there's only really one short shorty in there, and the rest are, are, are value propositions, much like yours. Um, and and I think you you summed it up well, Matt. It's really is a suck it and see situation here because. We don't know about this course. We don't know what it's like. We don't know um, how it's going to be. We don't know what the you know uh, the, the morning or afternoon conditions, whether it blows in the afternoons or anything like that, and, and whether that's going to be a, a, a big problem. But um, uh, you know, but I think uh, you know, I think we'll do as best we can. Um, now, l- let's um, just before we um, finish up, uh, thoughts on the PGA Championship. I know we glanced on it uh, earlier, just in terms of Rory uh, and and I. And I think just to add to what you said there, Matt, I'm I'm going to punt. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to punt Bryson now for the PGA Championship. I just think he wins. I just think he wins the PGA Championship. I, I know he's going to be short. I think he's at the moment. Uh, I looked him up. He at Star Sports to win the PGA Championship. He was sixteen to one, and that's good enough for me for Bryson DeChambeau. So I'm going Bryson DeChambeau at the PGA Championship. I like the sound of that. I'm going to be completely honest. I think I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, just thinking it is so long that. It's going to be, it's just going to be a ridiculous advantage when he pulls driver and hits it like he can, and yeah. he's actually doing it reasonably well. Um, so I think I'm right there with you, especially if the rough is anywhere close to to thick. Because I think when the rough's up, we talked about in the aftermath of Wingfoot, it just just multiplies his advantage even further with the swing speed and the aggression he's got with his irons. So I would be very very surprised if I'm not backing Bryson as my headline pick next week too. Um, yeah. I've also backed someone else you backed this week or sorry last week at Wells Fargo um, just because I I would want it to wait for the, the bigger places because they'll go 10 places 9 places 11 in some don't they um, for the for the majors but he was hitting it really well and then he finished treble double didn't he on the par 3 and the par 4 it's Bubba Watson I think he's a oh, player that, that loves he drives stuff. me out of my fucking mind <laughs> that guy oh he drives me crazy I, I was yeah, because I, I, I he, he, I had him last week at sixty to one at Quahole. I thought this is. A, I had Matt Wallace up in first, Bubba Watson challenging, and and um, Cameron Davis. I think was all there, and then uh, oh, Bubba Watson drives me to drink, Matt. To be honest, you know, <laughs> I could understand that. I'm not really a Bubba backer. I just love watching him. But he's one of the players that won't be priced out the market by the length of the course. And he's actually been hitting it really, really well. So I'm in on Bubba, 100 to 1. I've backed him now. I've took six places. I'm not going to wait for 10. I think he goes off shorter than that. Um, I just like him. Looking at the the names around him, there's actually Gary Woodland who's gone in since the weekend too. But he's 100 to, he's, Did you get him at 100 to 1? He still is 100 to 1, yeah. That's fantastic value because he is, you are right, Matt. This is why I backed him last week. He's putt, mm. he's hitting it really, really well, and he's finally putting much better than what he has been. So, I mean, yeah, that's great money for Bubba Watson. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think yeah. it's lovely. There's also a couple I've been looking at. Corey Connors, I don't hate, but I don't think that price moves. He's 66, is 70 in a place. I don't think that price moves much. If I can still get 66s with the added places on the week, I don't think he'll be far away because I think he's just an excellent golfer these days. He's uber consistent. So he yeah, really I like it. Yeah. It's always the case at the majors. Isn't it? You've got to be careful not to, to throw too much money at it because you're struggling to come out with a profit if you end up shoving in. But... I'm starting to form my card already. I already backed um, Zalatoris after the Masters, so his price has now gone in from there. Um, so I'm sat on a Zalatoris um, any post, and then I'm definitely looking at Bryson. Um, I'm definitely looking at Bubba. I'm already in on Bubba, sorry. And then I'm thinking about Connors too. So I have the premise of a card already, um, but be interesting to see how the big names go this week, because I think that will dictate a little bit about how the top of the market looks. What I'm hoping for is a Bryson missed cut, I'll be honest. Um, hopefully that he plays terribly, misses the cut, and we get 20-1 to like we did at uh, winged foot. Yeah, I, I'm also forming the premise of a card as well. Um, it's being, as I said, headed up very firmly by Bryson DeChambeau. I'm, I'm all in on Bryson DeChambeau and, uh, at Kiwa. Uh, so I, that's my, my, my head bet. Uh, followed by, as I said, uh, Gary Woodland. I'm going to throw him in. At seven, he's currently 70 to one with Star Sports. I, I think he's um, uh, he's got the length, and he's got he's, he's obviously uh, he's found something in his game which is which is interesting. Uh, and here's one for you: um, a guy who hits at a country mile. Now he hasn't shown much form lately, but but if he pulls it together, uh, you know he hits it as far as anyone on tour, and that's Cameron Champ. He's 110 to one. Uh, and uh, and he's a guy that can you know he can hit it to the next postcode. So uh, I'm gonna I might have a little play uh, with Cameron Champ at 110 to one as well. And and the other guy um, uh, is, is Sam Burns. Sam Burns hits it an absolute mile as we know, uh, and he's obviously got that confidence boost now. Uh, and he, but I don't like him. I don't like his odds of 66 to one. I think they're too short. Um, believe mm. it or not, I think you know. I think he needs to be more than that. But uh, I might have a so my, my, that's my sort of card forming as well. Um, Wood, um, uh, Duchambeau, Woodland, Burns, and Cameron Champ, but yeah. with maybe a couple. But as I say, I haven't quite rested and finished on it yet. For yeah. sure, a name I'd, I'd keep an eye on this week. So there's a number out there on Thomas Peters this week where for the PGA next week, where at the minute he's 200 to one in a couple of places. If he shows any sort of form this week, I don't imagine that's going to stay there for very long. Um, now, I don't think he's going to go under 100 or anything like that, but I just think he's he's one of those elite golfers that, that has, he doesn't play excellently often, but when he does, they tend to be in pretty decent fields. He's played well in some majors before. Um, and like you say, distance isn't going to be an issue for him. So he's a price I'm going to keep an eye on um, and see yeah. how this week and then yeah. think about keeping on. I think one of the I think was was it Dave Tindall or one of the guys at Bedford has actually tipped him out um, uh, mm. on the on one of their columns um, uh, Thomas Peters as as a as a as one of their tips. So I think you're right. He's actually someone to watch because as we know he he's not shy of hitting it a long way. So um, it will be interesting. He could go well this week. Um, and uh, so yeah, definitely one to watch as well. Okay, Matt. Well, look, thanks very much um, for your help again this week and your insights. Uh, let's, uh, as I say, uh, this will be an interesting tournament to see for the first time at this course and uh, and could give some good leads um, into uh, into a re what will be a fascinating, if kind of brutal, um, uh, PGA Championship at Keywar Island. I'm sure, yeah. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to next week. Get ready for the PGA, like you say. Yeah, thanks, Matt. We'll speak again next week. 
So anyway, I'll see you later, mate. Thanks, mate.